Christ is raised to, to the divine presence. And Muslims believe that Christ is raised to the divine presence, the resurrection that we have difficulty with. This is Chapter, Verse, and Season, a lectionary podcast from Yale Bible Study. Join us each week as two Yale Divinity School professors look at an upcoming text from the Revised Common Lectionary. This episode, we have Mark Heim, who's the Samuel Abbott Professor of Christian Theology at Andover Newton Seminary at Yale Divinity School, and Abdul Rahman Malik, Associate Research Scholar and Lecturer in Islamic Studies. They're discussing John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31, which is appointed for the second Sunday of Easter in Gear A. Here's the text. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not yet seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God and that through believing, you may have life in his name. Well, A.R., let's go there. Let's talk about crucifixion. For, for Christians, the, the death, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is perhaps a, a kind of quintessential expression of what belief is. You've just said, well, belief is always, in a way, venturing. You have to test, you have to search. But that's not obviously true, right? Like many things in the world might seem to be obviously true, but but you're venturing your life on something that's not consensually obvious to everyone. And this is a pretty extreme version of that, right? Somebody coming back from the dead, an act of God that's contravening all of our normal experiences. I understand that Muslims traditionally, that is not by obligation, the Quran unequivocally says that Jesus was not crucified, but many Muslims would say that that was the case. And just let me say one, and, and my understanding is that that's, that's, out of, that's out of a fundamental respect for Jesus and Jesus' role, like that, that this, is, this would be unbecoming to a prophet, and it's not 
what would happen to someone of Jesus' stature. So it's the same kind of regard that Christians have for Jesus by believing in his resurrection is in some respects reflected in the disbelief in his crucifixion. You're so right. And thank you, Mark. You, you said it so perfectly. This idea that the affirmation of the non, non-crucifixion of, of, of Jesus, in a way, is a, is a representation of God's mercy and compassion and love and relationship with Jesus. But but also, Mark, there is ways that the narrative is complicated in the Quran. And I've, I myself have been fascinated by some of the complications, because while the Quran says, they didn't kill him, they didn't crucify him. There were scholars, a minority certainly, who engaged with the crucifixion in a more dynamic way and said that, in fact, Jesus experienced the crucifixion itself or part of it, and that it was during the process of crucifixion that Christ is raised to, to the divine presence. And Muslims believe that Christ is raised to the divine presence, the resurrection that we have difficulty with. But, but that the Christ is raised and that it was made to seem as if Christ was, was crucified. So it was made to their eyes to seem that Christ was crucified. That while Jesus, Isa, upon whom be peace, experienced the pain of crucifixion, he did not experience death through crucifixion. That, in fact, he was saved from death by the merciful, compassionate creator who loved him so much and he loved the creator so much. But... This idea, in in particularly during a certain period during Ottoman theology, became quite popular because it became a way to draw the Christian and Muslim narrative just a bit more closely together without heading us down, at least in Muslim theology, a Trinitarian line. But to say that that, that up until the point of crucifixion, our stories pretty much match, right? Right, right. Our scriptures, our our interpretive discourses are very similar, right up until the point of that crucifixion. But it's what happens afterwards. But but then, uh, in a way, Mark, we pick up the story again because. In the eschatological beliefs of Islam, there's a strong sensibility of the return of Christ in some way that most Muslims would certainly affirm this idea that Jesus will continue to play a vital, important role in the unfolding history of human beings, which I think that as we get into that eschatological field, we, we see other resonances with our Christian siblings. And I think the last thing I'll say about this, Mark, is that I think often, and I can understand this, right? Often as, as Muslims, when we approach passages like this, which are so fundamentally connected to crucifixion and resurrection, and are imbued with the Trinitarian doctrine, not of a proverbial son of God, but the actual son of God and the relationship that ensues from that, that I think a lot of time Muslims will just will just kind of take a step back from verses like this, right? And say, oh, okay, this is this belongs to our Christian siblings, and this is not for us. But what I really appreciate about this conversation that we're having in this process that we're going through is that I, I feel um, with you very comfortable approaching this text, you know, and reading it as text and exploring the meanings behind it without feeling any sense of compromise. Why would I? Uh, we're encountering and we're engaging and we're learning from each other, isn't it? Isn't that what what Scripture forces us to do? And I think in a way we should be able to model these conversations for our sisters, our brothers, our siblings, so that so that we can become more conversant with one another's texts? I think, isn't that important? Isn't that important? I think it's absolutely important. And each of us, as we're 
trying to follow the path laid out for us by our scriptures and our traditions in these cases where they are so intertwined, right? Where we're seeing so much kind of light on each other as we as we see these texts, and which doesn't take us out of our path. I think that's the thing that's that's so helpful. And I think about a passage like this from a Christian point of view and think about the issues that may be between Christians and Muslims and in interpretation. What What's their positive value from a Christian point of view? You've just given a great perspective on what's positively involved from the Muslim point of view. And for Christians, I think it's the idea that God has suffered, that God has been present in this human suffering in such a profound way, and that the living Jesus is available now for relationship with me. Those things play, you know, they're not, a, that's not an abstract proposition. That's a, like, that's such a reality as part of the practice and the faith of the present. But the reality of that doesn't depend upon the propositional doctrinal assertion of it over against others, right? I mean, it doesn't change the way it functions in my life, whether or not you see it quite the same way. Or not. And through those sharing of meanings, we can grow within our faith, but we can also set ground between us that that brings us closer together. So that while we do walk different theological paths, there's so much adjacency and hopefully there's so much so much intersection too. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Professors Haim and Malik, for your insights on John 20. For more Bible study resources, visit YaleBibleStudy.org, and please take a minute to rate and subscribe to this podcast to help other people find us. Thank you for all your support. Chapter, Verse, and Season is a production of the Center for Continuing Education at Yale Divinity School. It's produced by creator and managing editor Joel Baden, production manager Kelly Morrissey, associate producer Aidan Stoddart, and I'm your host and executive producer, Helena Martin. Mixing on today's episode and our theme music are by Calvin Linderman. We'll be back with another conversation from chapter, verse, and season.